0: To Dragonfly Tales, a story podcast with me, Leo, and Emily. Hello! And each episode, we will tell you a story from around the world and give you a fun activity to do at home. And we are
1: very happy and proud to announce that we have passed 2,000 downloads! downloads! Woohoo! Yeah. Thanks everyone so much for your continued listening and your support. Now, as you know, our podcast is absolutely free for everyone. And we're very pleased about that.
0: However, if you like our podcast and would like to make a small donation to keep us going, that would be amazing.
1: It really would. And we'll put a link in the episode notes so that you can donate to us if you feel like it. And thank you so much. And we've got some more
0: shout-outs this week. Excellent. Who have we got this week, Leo? Well, firstly, we have Molly, who is nine, and Marley, who is ten, in North London. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Who have we got next, Leo? Next, we have the wonderful Newington Green Crew. Olivia and Margot, who are nine, and Andreas, who is ten. Hi, Olivia. Hi, Hi, Margot. Thanks for
1: listening. Hi,
0: Andreas. Thanks for listening. And
1: can we give a special shout-out to our friend Sophie because it's her birthday today. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, Sophie! Sophie. And remember, if you would like a shout-out, all you have to do is get in touch with us through the Facebook group. So, Leo... I think you're going to tell another tale today.
0: Yes, I am! Oh, cool. This is a story about togetherness and using our voices to be heard so that we can make the world a better place for everyone.
1: And where does this story come from?
0: It's a Native American story called The Frog and the Locust. Are you ready? Yeah. OK, let's go. Once it didn't rain. For a whole year. The grass turned brown and died. The leaves fell off the trees, even if it wasn't autumn. And soon, the stream was only a few puddles inside the canyon. Living in one of the puddles was a frog. He knew that if the rain didn't come, his puddle would get smaller and smaller. And he would. Die. Oh no It's terrible, right? Yeah So he had an idea because he knew a rain song He was going to sing up to the rain god who lived at the top of the mountain Rain Rain, rain. But as you can hear, it wasn't a very good song And it wasn't a very loud song It was too quiet to reach the top of the mountain. Now, not far off, at the other end of the canyon, lived a locust in a bush. And she knew that if it didn't rain, she wouldn't be able to survive through the summer and she would die. Oh, poor locust. Yeah, I know. So she tried singing up to the rain god. As you can hear, it wasn't a very good song and it wasn't a very loud song. So it didn't get to the top of the mountain and no rain came. When the poor locust saw there was no clouds in the sky and no rain was going to come, she began to cry. And the frog heard her so he hopped over. What's wrong? He croaked. What's wrong? No rain! The locust answered. No rain! So the frog began to cry too. Burr. It's pretty awful this. Yeah. But then the locust had an idea. What together? What together? And the frog liked that idea very much. So they both started singing. Rain, 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 rain. As you can hear, it wasn't a very good song and it wasn't a very loud song. But it was loud enough to reach the far end of the canyon, where there were lots more puddles and lots more frogs living in them. They heard the frogs singing, so they joined in too. Rain! Come on, Emily.
1: Rain! Rain!
0: Rain! Rain! The locusts at the other far end heard the locusts singing. So they started singing too.
2: Rain! Rain! Rain!
0: Rain! Rain! And that was a loud sound. The rain god could hear it from up on the top of the mountain, and he sent a cloud out of his staff. All of them could see it floating in the air. Seconds after, A few raindrops fell out of it and hit the ground with a plop. And more came down and more came down and they started tip-tapping like this. The grass started to turn green and new leaves started uncurling from the branches of trees and the stream filled with water and began to flow the frogs and the locusts had worked together and if we work together us humans think of the things we could achieve and think of all of the great things there could be
1: oh leo that was amazing well done what an amazing story
0: what was your favorite bit emily
1: i like the message i think the message really powerful this idea that You know, one little voice sometimes isn't heard, but a multitude of voices can be heard. And that's very powerful. And if we work together, we can really change the world. So well done, Leo. That was brilliant. Thank you. And remember, if you liked Leo's story, you might want to have a go at telling it at home.
0: So, Emily, what's your story today?
1: Well, Leo, today we have a story from the Isle of Man.
0: Doesn't your uncle live there?
1: He does, and he sent me a lovely book of Manx fairy tales, and I'm going to tell you one today.
0: So, is today a fairy
1: story? Not quite. It's not about fairies. This one is about a mermaid.
0: Ooh, sounds interesting.
1: So how do you think we should start today's story, Leo?
0: I think we should start a long time ago, on the Isle of Man.
1: Excellent. A long time ago, on the Isle of Man, there lived a fisherman whose name was Tom Sale. Like the sail on a fishing boat? Exactly. He lived near Bulgum Bay with his wife Molly and his son Evan. Now Tom Sale was a lucky, lucky man. When he went out fishing, he always came back with a boat filled with fish. His wife, Molly, would make lobster pots from willow branches and they always had lobsters in them when Tom hauled them in at the end of the day. And their cow always produced fresh, creamy milk for Molly to make butter and cheese. And her vegetable garden was never blighted by frosts or pests, They always had food for themselves and food to sell at the market. Sounds great! Well, to be honest, it was great for them, but the people on the Isle of Man envied the Sale family. And they'd say things behind their backs like, Oh, that Tom Sale, oh, he's such a lucky fella. Where do you think his luck comes from? It's it's just not fair. Now, when Tom Sale would go out to sea in his fishing boat, he'd often bring with him a bag of juicy apples from his apple tree. That's a bit weird. It is, isn't it? And when he'd sail home in the evening, the boat would be full of fish and the apple bag would be empty. His wife thought he ate them on the boat, which was strange because she always made him a pat lunch. She always gave him sandwiches to take with him. And now as the years rolled on, like the waves of the green-blue sea, Tom was getting older and slower. And he found fishing harder and harder. So he decided it was time for his son, Evan, who was now a tall, strong lad, to go out in his place each day in the fishing boat and bring in the catch for the family. Good plan. So Evan went out in the boat for his father. And that's when their good luck began to change. What do you mean? Well, you see, Evan couldn't catch any fish. Not even one. He'd throw in the net and he'd wait patiently. But when he hauled it back in, nothing. Not a sausage.
0: You mean not a fish?
1: Yeah, you know what I mean. He'd go out every day, but he always returned with an empty net. There were no lobsters in the pots either. And then the cow only gave out a thimbleful of milk. Uh-oh. No more cream, no more butter. And slugs and snails began to munch and crunch through Molly's vegetable garden. Oh no! They were running out of food and running out of money. Exactly right. What bad luck! One evening, Tom and Molly and Evan were sat by the fire with their chins in their hands. I just can't understand it, said Molly. Not one fish today, Evan. No ma, said Evan, and no lobster either. Oh, and the cow has no milk and and my vegetables are rotten. Sure, the only thing we have in the whole place is the apple tree, so I'm sorry, folks. It'll be apples for dinner tonight. When she said this, Tom Sale looked at Molly, his eyes wide, and then he looked at Evan. Apples, he said. Of course. I never told you to take the apples, boy. What does he mean? Molly and Evan thought the same. They looked at old Tom as if he was mad. What's he talking about? Apples? Tomorrow morning, said old Tom, when you head out, take a bag of apples with you and head towards Bulgum Bay and there, there, my lad, You'll see for yourself, and may the luck of the sea come back to us. So the next morning, Evan set out with his pots and his nets and a bag of apples his father had given him, and he headed round the coast to Bulgum Bay. He had to be careful of the rocks when he got there for they stuck up out of the water like the teeth of a great sea monster.
0: It isn't a sea monster, is it?
1: No, just rocks. Phew. And there he anchored the boat and he threw in his nets. And when the nets hit the water with a splash, he suddenly heard the strangest singing.
2: The luck of the sea bee. Do not forget for me of bringing back some sweet land to the children of the sea.
1: Looking round. Kevin saw a beautiful lady sitting on the edge of a rock. She had long, long hair of emerald green. It sparkled in the sunlight. Dark, piercing eyes and a shimmering, scaly tail. The same colour as her hair. A mermaid? A mermaid. How's your father, Tom? she said. I've not seen him in a long time. Her voice was soft and musical. Now, Evan was a bit frightened at first. He'd never seen a mermaid before. Um, I would be too. But she smiled so pleasantly at him that he found himself telling the mermaid all about the troubles they were having back home. That's a shame, she said, and she slipped into the water. Tom watched the mermaid swimming underwater towards the boat and when her head popped up at the side, he nearly toppled overboard. The mermaid put her webbed hands on the side and lifted herself a little to peer into Evan's boat. (gasps) You've brought me land eggs, she said with a huge smile and she pointed a webbed finger at... The apples. The apples. She calls them land eggs.
0: Yeah, that's weird. Uh,
1: yes, said Evan. Uh, my father said I should bring them. Here, have one. And he handed the mermaid a juicy apple. She munched and she crunched till the apple was gone. <gasps> mm, delicious land egg. Thank you, Evan. I hope you'll come again with more very soon. And with that, she backflipped into the sea and swam back to her rock. Evan hauled in his net and he saw it was gleaming and teeming with wriggling silver fish. Wow! He waved to the mermaid as he sailed away and he heard her song on the breeze.
2: The luck of the sea be with you, but do not forget for me of bringing back some sweet love to the chill.
1: From that time on, the sail family's luck returned. They had plenty of fish and cream and butter and fresh vegetables. But they thought it would be nice if more people on the island could be lucky just like them. So one day, Evan sailed to the Mermaid's Cove at Bulgum and he planted an apple tree on a cliff above the water.
0: Clever. So when the apples were juicy and ripe, they would fall from the branches and splash into the sea, for the mer people, so they could always have apples.
1: Exactly right. And do you know, Leo, that people on the Isle of Man believe that this story is true?
0: Maybe the tree is still there to this day.
1: We'll have to find out. Some say that's why those who live on the Isle of Man are so lucky. They definitely believe in merfolk and they believe in the little people too.
0: By the way, can we go there someday?
1: Absolutely. But for now, it's the the end. end. So, Leo, did you like that story?
0: Yeah, I thought it was brilliant.
1: And what was your favourite bit?
0: My favourite bit is the clever plan to help the merpeople get even more apples. So that everyone on the island can be lucky? Yeah. Nice. Now, every episode, after
1: I tell the story, Leo has an activity for listeners to do at home. So, Leo, what's today's fun activity?
0: Well, Emily, because today's story was all about a magical mermaid, I thought it would be really cool to make a magical mermaid or ocean lantern using old jars.
1: Oh, I love it. So we're upcycling again. Great stuff.
0: You can cut out... Silhouettes and stick them to the painted jars and then put LED candles or tea lights inside.
1: Oh, lovely.
0: You will need about three different sized jars, some spray paint, glue and scissors and some white LED candles. Oh, cool. You can either draw on black silhouettes with a marker pen or if you have a printer, you can print some off and cut them out. I put a link to the Mermaid Lantern website in our episode notes. And always remember to ask a grown-up for help with scissors.
1: Oh, brilliant, Leo. I can't wait to see some pictures of the magical lanterns in our Facebook group.
0: Yeah, can't wait. And please remember to leave us a little review if you're enjoying our podcast. You have been listening to Dragonfly Tales with Emily and Leo. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll be back with another story soon. But until then, our mermaid's tale has ended here. But we'll be back.
1: Have no fear. Bye!
0: Bye.
1: Dragonfly Tales Podcast is brought to you by Tales from the Dragonfly. Come and follow our Facebook page, Tales from the Dragonfly. Find us on Instagram at MDragonTales and on Twitter at Tales from the DR1.